All right, let me talk to you a little bit about Rough Greens. Yeah, we have we use Rough Greens with my dog Miles, who is 175 years old. What what, mm. what kind of dog do you have now? You still have those that a, tiny uh, Morky cross between a is that what it sounds yes, like? Yes. No, she's yipe. much more obnoxious than that. As obnoxious as that is, no, she's yipe, 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 yipe. a Yorkshire and a and a Morky jammed together is a Morky, I guess. I don't. I don't know. It's like it's confusing. Something. Yeah. yeah. But say. she won't eat her dog food without the uh, rough green spring sprinkled on top. She just turns up her nose at it. Yeah, you haven't finished yeah, the meal here. Exactly. So yeah, put the, put the seasoning on mm-hmm. top. Uh, they do love it, and they, and they it also changes the way they behave. You know, you does a lot more energy, excited to go eat. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the stuff does. I, I guess you know maybe this would work for humans having vegetables. Maybe this would be good for humans too. I don't know. I've never really considered it. Uh, but uh, check it out. Roughgreens.com slash Beck or eight three three Glen thirty three eight three three G L E N N thirty three for Rough Greens. Get some today. Welcome to the program. We have got uh, quite a program remaining yet to do. This hour, we're going to talk about ESGs. I know that may sound boring to you, but let me rephrase it. How the government will control every aspect of your life. And not the government that you understand, but this new cabal, this, uh, this new private-public partnership that our government is uh, doing and governments all around the world are doing along with big business. We'll tell you about your ESG score and what that means coming up in a second. Also, the border. Next hour, we have Laura Logan. You don't want to miss a second of the show. Miss a second? Miss a lot. It's Wednesday. The Glenn Beck Program. So David really loves playing uh, the game of golf. However, there came a time when he was no longer able to play because of extreme and frequent pain in his left hand and his right knee. He had to give up golf. That was bad enough. Being in so much pain all the time was even worse. He was desperate for anything. He heard me talk about relief factor like a lot of people. He was initially skeptical, but he wanted to give it a try just in case it might actually work for him. Good, Good for you. He said within two days, he could hold a golf club again. Within a couple of weeks, he was able to do everything he was doing before. The pain was gone. David got his life back with Relief Factor. I got my life back as well. Do you want to try? 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. It works. Within three weeks, you're going to know. Is this making any effect or not? Try the three-week quick start. It's 1995. It's worth seeing if you could get your life back. Again, 70% of the people do. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-583-84, 800-583-84. It's relieffactor.com. 
We have Justin Haskins uh, on with us. He is the editorial director and research fellow at the Heartland Institute. He's also a researcher of mine and co-author of a new book that is taking us a little longer than we expected because the more we dig into it, the more we find. Uh, and it is called The Great Reset. Justin, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Glenn. It's great to, uh, great I, to talk to you. I asked Pat to come in along with Stu because they are more, uh, we're in the weeds, and I like them to be here and ask the questions that the person who really doesn't understand what's going may be asking. You just went in and you opened a Merrill Lynch account yesterday, correct? I did. I absolutely did, yes. And you're going to talk to us about the scores that you found. Before we get into it, I want to uh, tease here just a bit, and then I want to talk to you about it. I got a bank. I got a call from one of the big five banks in America, uh, and they <coughs> intimidated, uh, intimated that they wanted me to make a correction uh, on the show when they left the message. When I got back to them. They didn't want a correction in the show. They said everything that we said that was accurate, except that's not what they're doing. And we said, well, help us out. Where do we need to correct it? Well, no, it's it's no. we don't need a correction. It's it's not that there anything was said that was wrong. It's just not what we're doing. And I want to go into that conversation with you in a, in a little while. But first, take the boys through ESG. Right. So, so the most important thing to understand about ESG standards, it's ESG, Environment, Social, and Governance Standards, is they are a metrics that you, a, a, a metric system that you build on top of existing ways that you evaluate companies. So instead of just looking at how much money a company makes, instead of looking at how good their products and services are and customer satisfaction and all of that, you add on top of it all of this social justice woke stuff. So how green are you? And, uh, you know, how many women do you have in management? And what's the pay gap between the highest paid person and and, uh, the lowest paid person? All of these kinds of things. And then you provide a numerical score based on these things. It's usually a numerical score. Sometimes there are other ways of doing it, but you provide a score and that allows you to evaluate companies that maybe don't make a whole lot of money, but they're really woke. And that means more to us than just being a company that makes money and people actually like. So that's what the ESG system is designed to do. It's designed to provide you with a way to see how, you know, which companies are the good companies and which companies are the bad companies based on these social justice and environment metrics. Mm. So take me to uh, take me to who is who is making these judgment calls? What, what is the agency that is saying uh, this is, you know, bad? This is good. Right. So there are a whole bunch of different people out there. They're all pretty much part of the same cabal that are doing these different rating systems. The biggest one, the one that I think is going to become the prominent system is is being produced by a group in the World Economic Forum. These are the big, great reset people. Um, It's led, this group, uh, the International Business Council, I believe is the name of it, is led by the CEO of of Bank of America, Brian Moynihan. 
And they produced a report with the World Economic Forum back in September that created a, an elaborate ESG system that they think basically all of the major companies in the world should adopt. And it includes, I think, uh, 20 core metrics and 30 expanded metrics. And, and to give you some sense of like what is in this set of metrics, in the social metrics section, one of them is the percentage of employees per employee category by age group, gender, and other indicators of diversity. The ratio of the basic salary and remuneration for each employee category by significant locations of operation. Boy, you got to love how they write this stuff for priority areas of equality, such as men to women, minor to major ethnic groups and other relevant equality areas. So in other words, if you don't have the right ratio of Asians to Hispanics or whatever, then that means you get a lower score. And there's a whole bunch of these things. I mean, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of these metrics, and they can essentially be whatever the heck they want them to be. They can change them at any given time. And all of so these cover the union, cover cover the union one. Sure, uh, one of the social metrics is the percentage of active workforce covered under collective bargaining agreements. So that's just another way of saying the percentage of your employees who are in a union, in effect. So if you don't have a lot of union employees proportional to the size of your business, then you're not going to get a high ESG score. And the, the, the whole reason that these companies are doing this, well, there's two reasons, I think. The first is they see that this is the way the world is moving, and they know that governments are going to start requiring these ESG scores. And there's been all sorts of regulatory movements over the past couple of years suggesting that that's going on, including very recently at the SEC. But the other thing is that there's tons and tons of money already behind it. The estimates range from $30 trillion all the way up to over $100 trillion, depending on the group you're looking at, of governments and investors who are saying, we are only going to invest in these kinds of companies. And so with all of that money floating around, if you're a business, why the heck would you try to compete with people to have the best product and service when you can just be woke and get all of this money flowing into your coffers that way? And that's what makes this so dangerous. So recently, we've heard all kinds of things about what Coke is doing to be woke, to be diverse. Uh, and now this seems to explain all that, right? This, is, this must be what is behind uh, Coke's motivation to be uh, requiring the race quotas in their leadership and all of those kinds of things. That's exactly right. Yeah, Coke actually, in its annual report, talks about its ESG scores. Coke has a whole system of ESG scores and ESG auditing. They actually have people working at Coke that make sure that, that they're following these ESG scores so that they get a really good score by these different rating agencies. And how exactly does the ESG score help them? I mean, who is looking at these scores and is it uh, who, who is like behind this then? Why do they care about their ESG score? Right. Well, it started, this whole idea, I think, started, and there's some dispute as to when this began, but I think it started out of the United Nations sometime between 2000 and 2010, this idea. And the idea was, how do we get businesses to go along with our agenda if we can't get governments to impose our agenda? And the whole idea behind the ESG system is that they want to take the sustainable development goals from the United Nations. That's like, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, all that stuff. 
and they want to figure out a way to get that into the bloodstream of, of the corporate universe. And the way that they figured that they could do this is by getting investors and central banks and uh, the IMF and World Bank and United Nations and all these people to get behind this and say, we're only going to support you, big corporation, if you agree to follow through with these ESG standards and to adopt these things and to live by it. And if you do, then essentially we're going to take care of you. We're going to make sure the money keeps flowing in your direction. And that's exactly what's happened. And they've actually been building this whole ESG infrastructure behind the scenes. No one's noticed it really over the past 10 years or so to the point where all of the major corporations that you can think of for the most part already have this system in place. It's already there. So we just didn't let before I go to a break, let me just see if all of these fit into this category. Let me give you some stories that have broken in the last couple of days. GoFundMe yanks page run by Virginia parents fighting woke curriculum. So GoFundMe saw this fundraiser for these parents and they're like, we need your help to fight this critical race theory in our schools. GoFundMe yanked it. Is that just their opinion or is it possible that this is all about uh, ESGs? I think that virtually every decision that big corporations are making today is related to ESGs, including that example that you just gave. I think they're all related to ESG standards. Uh, uh, Home Depot co-sponsored a website citing the Southern Poverty Law Center and the 1619 Project. So they're putting out, they're putting, uh, helping fund the poison of the 1619 Project. Woke or ESG? Without question, ESG. Uh, let me give you um, let me give you this one. Uh, President uh, Biden says the private sector should lead on vaccine passports. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a huge that's a huge topic amongst all of the Great Reset people who are deeply involved in this. Um, they absolutely have been. They've been pushing for that since the beginning of the pandemic. Hmm. So this is a world uh, organization or the global, the World Economic Forum that has wanted these kinds of things that Biden is saying to libertarians delight. The government shouldn't do this, but they don't. Libertarians don't understand this is part of a much bigger government that is coming. Yes, that's exactly right. And Joe Biden has been involved with these people for many, many years. He's a big supporter of this entire system that's called stakeholder capitalism is another way that they they reference this. Uh, The head of the World Economic Forum, the most visible uh, vocal uh, supporter of the Great Reset internationally, a guy named Klaus Schwab. Uh, when Joe Biden created uh, the Biden Institute, which I know you all are very familiar with, <laughs> at the uh, University of Delaware, that he brought in Klaus Schwab because he, he wanted to figure out how he could make that the World Economic Forum of the United States. And there's all sorts of articles mm. about that online that you can find. So Joe Biden, uh, John Kerry openly says that he supports the Great Reset, that Joe Biden supports the Great Reset. John Kerry has made comments to that effect within the past few months. Uh, And he's also said 
at a World Economic Forum meeting, this is John Kerry, said that under Joe Biden, the Great Reset, meaning all of this stuff uh, with ESG standards and printing of money and all of this that goes into it, is going to happen, and that it's going to happen with greater intensity and faster than most people realize. And so this is all right. everything we're seeing over the past few months is was was all in the works for a very long time. And it's not surprising at all. Now, let me show let me turn this to how it's going to affect you in your everyday life. First, uh, obliquely, then clearly tied directly to your actions. Uh, we'll do that in 60 seconds. First, imagine what you could do if all of a sudden you were able to cut your phone bill down by a significant amount every single month. Now imagine that when you go to pay that bill every month, there's a peace of mind that comes over you because you know that a portion of that bill is not going to fund things like abortion, which uh, helps uh, helps an awful lot if you're a, uh, a Verizon uh, payer. But you, it, instead, that money goes to conservative causes like defending the Second Amendment, demanding the um, uh, um, ensuring the, the uh, First Amendment and freedom of speech right now. Get free premier activation where they set up the phone for you and you'll get a special gift with the offer code back. The same great service, a lower price and the values you believe in. It's patriotmobile.com slash back. That's patriotmobile.com slash back. Or you can call them at 972 Patriot patriotmobile.com slash back. Save today. All right. Our uh, 10 second station ID. And then we go to Facebook. Justin, we've been talking, the two of us, about Facebook because there's something weird about Facebook and its ESG score. Now, I want you to really understand when you hear this, you're going to go, oh, that is funny. No, it's not. And I'll explain why or Justin will explain why. Tell me what's happening with the ESG score with Facebook, good or bad. Right. Incredibly, Facebook has a horrible ESG score. <laughs> Absolutely mm. horrible. That's the lowest ranked ESG score that you can have in the system that uh, that's used by Merrill Lynch. Hmm. Why? Confusing. Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, well mm. that's, that's a that's a that's a great question. The reason why, yeah. according to their own ESG report, is that quote independent auditors have found certain content decisions caused, quote, significant setbacks for civil rights, unquote. Mm. Now, you would think that these content decisions that have caused significant setbacks for civil rights would be a reference to them, I don't know, banning the president of the United States from being on their platform or something like that. You would think Mm. that that maybe that's what they're referring to. It's actually the opposite of that. The report that they're citing is a report that was produced internally for Facebook for their ESG report that says that they're not doing enough to ban people. They need to ban more people and that they need to get rid of it was written in the summer of last year Mm. before Donald Trump was banned. And they were complaining that Donald Trump was still allowed on the platform at all, saying all these horribly racist things and everything else. And so Facebook has a low ESG score in large part because it's not doing enough to ban speech on its platform. If it banned more speech on its platform, 
then they would get a higher ESG score. <laughs> so do you see where Amazing. this is going? Us or or just <laughs> you two? Uh, you see, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it seems like right. Like they're just going to heavily incentivize these companies to do the things that the woke left wants them to do. And in this case, they want. You know, there's been a lot of criticism, obviously from the right on Facebook, but there's been a lot of criticism from the left on Facebook as well that they don't do enough to ban this stuff, that they don't get rid of it fast mm-hmm. enough. This is why Facebook is begging for regulation because they can't. They can't please anybody. They, they really can't. So they're just hoping that, that the government will just take it away from them, which is a terrible idea. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's you could see this, right? Like they want to be favored by a Merrill Lynch and, and other big investment companies. So they're just going to pour uh, resources into doing the things the left wants them to do to improve these scores. And so it's a way of essentially controlling their activity without having to pass a new law, without having to have the debate in front of Congress. You just kind of force it through the back door and the same thing happens. How's Twitter doing in this regard? Are the, are they doing enough uh, for their ESG score? I think that they're doing I think that they're doing better, but I'm I don't have it pulled up right in front of me. But but I will say this because I think it's important for people to understand this. It's not just that they're being incentivized or even coerced into doing this or even pushed. They're actually being forced to do it, in effect, through the banks. Mm. Because the six largest banks in the United States, Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, others, have already come out and said that they're going to adopt some or all of this ESG system, not just for themselves, Mm. not just for their supply chain, but also for all of their financing activities. So if you are not, let's say, green enough, then they're not going to give you a loan. That's what's going to happen. They've They've come out and said this. City CEO on March 1st, this is one of the six largest banks, said that our ESG agenda can't just be a separate layer that sits above what we do day to day. Our commitment to closing the gender pay gap, to advancing racial equity, and to pioneering the green agenda have demonstrated that this is good business and not at odds with it at all. Mm-hmm. So this is this is going to be imposed on people. Mm. Not a choice. Now, that's something that one of the big banks disagreed with us on, and I got to talk to you about that and how it directly affects you in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Things are moving in America. They're moving dramatically and quickly. Do you have your financial house in order? Are you saving money everywhere you can and not spending beyond your means? These are all important questions, and they're also questions that you can and should get answered by the experts over at American Financing. This is a family-owned business that has been helping people just like you get their financial house in order for over two decades. You have mortgage interest rate that's higher than going rates. They can help you refinance it without having to restart your loan. Do you have things like credit card debt that you're dealing with on a month-to-month basis? American Financing can help you roll all of that into a consolidation loan that's going to help you get back up on your feet financially so that you and your family are ready for whatever is coming. It's American Financing. They work for you, not just the bank. No pressure, no hidden or upfront fees. 
Just call a solid customer service. American Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. Don't watch Biden's stupid speech alone. Watch it with me today at 3.20 p.m. Eastern Time or 4.20 p.m. Eastern Time on the YouTube channel at Stu Does America. Tonight at 9 p.m. on Blaze TV, our Wednesday night special. This is critically important. It is the financial weaponization of the S in ESG scores. Uh, environmental, social justice, and governance scores. Right now, big corporations uh, are doing this. Environmental, social, and governance. The investment firms will make you go broke if you don't go woke. Now, think back over the last few years and what you've been seeing. People laughed. Some even, some even cheered when Alex Jones was completely deplatformed. I wasn't one of them. Because I believe in more speech, not less. And I also said to you, it's a sign of what is coming. Steven Crowder from Blaze TV has had everything happen to him from getting demonetized, his traffic throttled, even suspended from social media multiple times. Gina Carano fired from Disney doing the same thing of her co-stars had done. I mean, exactly the same thing her co-stars had done. Take a look at some of the companies that have been rapidly folding in to the woke mob. Hasbro has gone insane. They announced they're updating Monopoly's community chest cards so they're woke enough for today's society. They're also dropping the Mr. from Mr. Potato Head. Oh my gosh, can you imagine the complaints on that one? But Mattel would not be outstaged. They're... Their wokeified competitors can do whatever they want, but Mattel announced that Barbie will have a brand new line, a gender-neutral Barbie. Now, I don't know about you, Pat. Um, I mean, Ken. I mean, you know, Barbie. They're 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 both anatomically smooth. incorrect. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're mm-hmm. already gender-neutral, are they not? Yes. But thank God somebody did it. Uncle Ben, uh, Aunt Jemima, uh, the lovely skin cream, fair in skin cream, even Victoria Friggin' Secret has gone woke now. Now, why? Well, we'll show you again tonight why they're all doing it in their own documents. But I have Justin Haskins here to talk to me a little bit about what I should get from the bank that called me. This is the global headquarters of one of the world's largest banks called our office and wanted to talk to me uh, would to would our executive producer instead and uh they said they wanted uh they wanted a uh they wanted to explain what all of this was because it's not what we're saying it is and we said well we would love for you to go on record because i mean the, then we'll get it from the horse's mouth no 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 they agreed to go off the record i'm not going to tell you which bank it is but one of the big five banks in america and in the world uh was the one who called and they just wanted us to know that they would never do something evil like that that's not what these are for these are just for educational purposes the esg score they're doing all of this work just for educational because they care about the investor so I got a couple of questions about that. First, 
Your thoughts on that, Justin? Yeah, uh, I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. <laughs> I think there are inv- I think there are investors who are corrupted by this whole system that are worth you know hundreds of billions of dollars. These investment these giant investment groups, and maybe, I'm sure that they're interested in this because they want to know how they can get rich off of it. But the regular, average, everyday person that's being handed an ESG score. Uh, because their account isn't woke enough. Uh, no, I don't think they care about this at all. Don't they buy. also said, and this is one of the banks with a big investment arm on it. They also said, no, no, no. The score that, for instance, you got from who did you do it with? Merrill Lynch. Um, right. You not only saw the investment score for uh, the companies, but there was also an ESG score for you personally. Correct? Correct. For my, yes, that's right. For your own personal and what is account, that, you have any. What does that mean? Well, uh, essentially, what they do is they they, prov- they they do an analysis of your accounts and they look at all the different ESG scores of the companies that you've invested in, if they have one, and then they provide you with an aggregate score based on that, so that you have your mm-hmm. very own ESG score related to your account uh, mm-hmm. that tells you how woke or not woke you are. Yeah, and they said that again was just all being done because, you know, people want to know how good they're doing. Yes, yes. What I think is amazing about that is I actually saw uh, some of the transcript from this call from your executive producer. And uh, when she was talking to these people, she pointed out, you know, did we get anything inaccurate? Was there anything wrong here? And they said, no, it's just that, you know, we're not giving the score to, you know, the person who got this ESG score. It's, it's all voluntary. And then your producer asked, well, he, this person who gave us this score at Merrill Lynch, his own personal ESG score, he didn't ask for it. And, she, you know, you just gave it to him. And she said, or whoever this bank did, just gave it to them. And they said, well, yeah, well, banks do give out scores without them asking it. But it's voluntary in the sense that you don't actually have to do anything once you get the score. So, Justin, how does that sit with um, the episode we did two weeks ago where we showed the language um, that shows that in Europe they're ahead of us and that the banks are evaluating your worthiness of a loan based on your ESG score. And if I'm not mistaken, the language of the World Economic Forum and the World Financial Institutions, uh, the language there is that it will be, it will affect every person's life. That's a quote. Every individual's life will be impacted by this uh, because that's the only way that it actually works. Right. I'm not quite so sure about the World Economic Forum's language because I don't have that in front of me. But I do know that the major financial institutions that we've looked at that have said that they're going to commit to this and they're all on the record. It's not a secret. You know, Bank of America, Citi, others, they say it's going to be in their financing, that it's their financing that's going to do it, because there's no other way to make sure that the world makes this transition. So you have to have it in the financing. Well, financing includes everybody. That's, that's everyone who gets a loan, everyone who gets a car loan, everyone who gets a mortgage, that's financing. And there were, there's no restrictions on any of it. And when they're talking about the E and ESG, all these different financial institutions, and they're talking about making sure that you know, they're, they're in line with, with environmental standards, they say that they want to go net zero 
carbon dioxide emissions in their entire portfolio. Well, that can't happen if they're letting most regular people just do whatever they want. And they're only holding these standards Mm -hmm. to big, gigantic corporations. It only works if everybody is on board. So it's going to impact regular people as well. It's not just going to be maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next year, maybe not even within the next 10 years. I don't know when, but I do know that eventually it will come for you, too. Well, let me very clear, I think. Let me just show you, this is a, an audio piece leaked out on environmental uh, justice uh, and making sure that everybody is doing all that they can for the environment. This is something that leaked out. It was a uh, Massachusetts environmental, uh, governmental environmental uh, expert talking to the New Hampshire government about what they were doing. And it was supposed to be a private call. It was released by somebody on the call. Listen to what he says. Uh, you know, one thing that we found through our analysis is that 60% of our emissions come from, from, as I have been starting to say, you and me, except you guys are in Vermont. 60% of our emissions come from residential heating and passenger vehicles. So let me say that again. 60% of our emissions that need to be reduced come from you, the person across the street, the senior on fixed income, right? These, there is no bad guy left, at least in Massachusetts, to point the finger at, turn the screws on, and you know, break their will so they stop emitting. That's you. We have to break your will, right? Mm. <laughs> I can't even say that publicly. <laughs> I mean, that's wow. pretty darn. That's pretty darn clear. So, Justin, this this will. Um, affect everyone and everything. And you, the question is, how do you make the stock market work? We are going to show the funnel again tonight, I believe, on the show. I, I talked about it yesterday. The, the money is just circulating between the banks, the government, and the corporations. It doesn't fall down to the little guy. The little guy is earning a wage, and he's having to retrofit his house for green energy he's going to have to do all of these things sell his car buy a new car otherwise he won't get a loan so the corporations continue to make money but you'll be so impoverished as the world economic forum says you won't own anything yeah that's, the- that's exactly i think that's the plan i mean the plan i think is to make the system so that people are inevitably dependent on corporations providing these services on government directly or indirectly to subsidize those services. But you're right. They're making everything so expensive. We saw this in California. To build a new house in California, you have to put solar panels on it. You can't just build a new house and then power it with, you know, with, with some conventional energy. You've got to have solar panels now. So it's going to become so expensive for the vast majority of people that yeah, you won't own a car. You won't own any of these things. You will simply just be beholden forever, like a serf, to the corporate class. That's what's going to happen. But don't worry about it, because the government will make sure that you get your universal basic income check in the mail every you know month or whatever, and they'll take care of you, and you'll have to take that money and go and give it to a corporation so that you can have access to a car and home and all these other things. So you're never going to be wealthy. This is the future world, I believe. That's what the World Economic Forum is talking about. I don't think you're ever going to have any personal wealth. The future world is you have all these big, gigantic corporations. They've got wealth. Banks have wealth. 
central banks are very powerful, government's powerful, and you are just beholden to all of them. And you just rent out everything, essentially. And as long as you keep getting money from the government, you can survive. But without that money from the government, you can't build any wealth. And, and I believe this is the direction that the world is moving in, and I think they've been pretty open about it in certain corners of the Great Reset movement. Justin, thank you very much. We'll have more on this tonight at 9 p.m. Please don't miss this. We need your help to continue to research these things, to continue to spread the message, and to grow uh, the Blaze universe so more and more people will uh, listen and we are uh, always, seemingly, always under attack. Uh, they're trying to shut down Stephen Crowder right now. So join us at blazetv.com. We count on you. blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code control this week, and you'll save 10%. Uh, it's actually 20%. If you use the uh, promo code control, save 20 bucks off of your uh, year-long membership right now at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Carsheet will make your life a lot cheaper and a, a lot fewer headaches in your life. Covered repairs for your car. CarShield uh, cannot be beat by covering the, the repairs. They have customizable plans that are going to fit with your budget. The peace of mind that comes with knowing that you're covered whenever that stupid check engine light comes on. Or if it breaks down on the side of the road that you have somebody coming and you have a rental car for while yours is in the shop, all of that comes with coverage by CarShield. Uh, CarShield, they're there to help. They don't have you fork out the money to the dealership or to whoever's repairing your car. They pay them directly. It's CarShield. CarShield.com. CarShield.com. See why their cars go further. Visit carshield.com and use the promo code BECK and save 10%. Carshield.com, promo code BECK, a deductible may apply. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, it is uh, the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, we got something uh, great from AOC coming up here. A- AOC got to the heart of the matter um she usually does on the immigration front and i think you're going to feel justly chastised after you hear what she had to say they want to say what about the surge mm. well first of all yeah. just gut check stop gut check anyone oh, who's stop using point. the term yeah. surge yeah. around you right consciously uh-huh. is trying to invoke a militaristic frame yeah and militaristic that's a problem frame. because these <laughs> This is not a surge. God, she is done. These are children. And they are not not insurgents. Children. And we are not being invaded. Which, by the way, (laughs) is a white supremacist. So do you get the fact that... Idea. Mm. Philosophy. Mm -hmm. The idea that if an other is coming in the population, Uh that this is like an invasion of who we are. She's an embarrassment. Absolutely. It's incredible. I I think she believes surge is the root word for insurgent. (laughs) I I really believe. Yeah, that's what she believes. This is not a surge. These are not insurgents. Uh, yeah, those are two different things, Putin. Just yeah. a little bit different there. I will say, like, you know, there was a soda called Surge back in the day. I doubt it had anything to do with insurgency. Wow, how militaristic is that? <laughs> what kind of soda company would be that militaristic? 
Coca-Cola, maybe? I, I can't remember <laughs> where Surge came from. Uh, but yeah, that's that's really a... a Crazy. D- she's a incredibly dumb. I, yeah, it's, she is. It, it's remarkable that even by chance, someone with, with her level of intellect could make it into the Congress. And it seems Isn't like it, it happens fairly commonly. Yeah, but it, it is very strange. I mean, you have some stupid people. You've got her. You got Hank Johnson. Hank Johnson is it? You know, he thought I mean, the, he thought he, he thought Guam Lee. was going to capsize, <laughs> right? Because there's too many right. military members on one side of it. And it's Sheila, an island. Sheila Jackson Lee once mm-hmm. asked NASA rocket scientists about whether or not the uh, the American flag is still on Mars. And uh, is it? Did any? Did they ever get an answer on that? Oh uh, yeah, it's still there. It's, it's still there. Yeah, good, it's still good there. to hear. It's good. fine. <laughs> it's fine. The rover just took a picture of it, so <laughs> it's great. That's amazing. I mean, it really is. Uh, I, I find it fascinating how often people like a- AOC are just focused on race and white supremacy and skin mm-hmm. color. Mm-hmm. It's constant. They see everything through the same prism. Okay. It's got to be really disruptive to their lives. I mean, it's why you would never have time to figure out what a garbage disposal is. You're always worried about <laughs> white supremacy. How can you possibly fit in the garbage disposal Well, you knowledge? can't. There's no time. No, there's there no time absolutely that. no time. This is the Glenn Beck Program.